Ezra chapter number 5. Actually, we're going to back up one verse into chapter number 4 and read that last verse there, verse 24, then a couple of verses in chapter number 5. Ezra chapter 4, verse 24. The Bible says, Then ceased the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased unto the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Then the prophets, Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Idu, prophesied unto the Jews and were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and Jeshua the son of Jozadak and began to build the house of God which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. You'll leave your Bible open there. We're, we are going to look a little bit at this and go over to Haggai in just a minute or two. Um, but the, I've titled the message this morning, Unnecessary Struggles. Unnecessary Struggles. I think we can see that as we look on into the message today. Let's pray. We'll get started. Father, we ask you one more time to just bless as only you can. We've asked for guidance in preaching this message. We need power, certainly from on high. And we need you to do in the hearts of people what no man can do. I pray, Father, that uh, hearts would be open for whatever you have for us today. Uh, Lord, and again, if there's someone here that does not know Christ, uh, that today that they would come to know Christ. Uh, Lord, uh, only you can do that. Father, I pray you'd speak to hearts Thank you for your goodness and mercy to us. We ask your blessing upon this message now, please, in Jesus Christ's precious name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God, and please do be seated. If this morning we were to take the time to go around the room asking each person, Uh, This question, hey, have you had a good week? Uh, We'd probably get an answer, something like this, for most people, something like this. Uh, It's been okay. Something along those lines, you know. Oh, yeah, it's been okay. Been all right. Would it be true for everyone that answered in that way? Probably not. There are people that have had tough times this week. I'm talking about people sitting in this auditorium right now. There's people that have had tough times this week. There are people sitting in this room this morning that are fighting battles that you and I know nothing about whatsoever. There are people sitting around you that are hurting, although you never know it by simply looking at them. It doesn't show. Not everyone has had a great time uh, this week or week after week after week after week as they try to live their life for God. There are times in everyone's life, everyone's life, That it's hard. It's just reality. Everyone faces such things at times, do they not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you may remember that last week we looked at the fact that our lives as Christians can be harder than we would uh, presume them to be simply because we are trying to live the Christian life in this world surrounded by enemies. I mean, we're trying to live the Christian life. We're trying to do the things that God would have us to do. And we're surrounded by people that don't care anything about the Christian life. We're we're surrounded by people that don't don't love the Lord Jesus. And they're not interested whatsoever in living their lives for Him. There are times that, that they want to mock us. And they want to ridicule us. Or even question our faith. 
And that can be intimidating. We get to the place, if we're not careful, that we don't have the boldness of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to speak up about God around such people. We, we are intimidated by those things. However, there can be different causes for our struggles in our Christian life. And one of those causes, one of the main ones, is um, us. It's us. Um, what I'm saying is this. There are times that I make my life more of a struggle than it should be. And it is very possible that you make your life more of a struggle than it needs to be. There are times that our problems, get this, there are times that our problems are not the problem, but we are the problem. No, no, really get it. Get, get it. There are times that our problems that we're having are not the problem, but we're the problem. We are the problem. And as we get into the message this morning, I want you to keep this question in mind, please. Is my life more of a struggle than it needs to be? And if so, what needs to be done to make it better? I want you to keep that in mind as we get on into this. Without a doubt, spiritual ups and downs are a part of every believer's life. I wish everything was a mountaintop experience, but it's not. There are valleys, aren't there? And in and, 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 and our spiritual life, there's spiritual highs, there's spiritual lows. We've witnessed that. Even as we've gone through this in the life of those Jews that had returned to Jerusalem from exile. We saw that how in chapter number 3 that the Jews got off to a great start with their new lives. Remember all that? I mean, they got their hearts right with God, doing the things that God had told them to do. They begin to uh, do the work of rebuilding the temple of God. However, if you remember in chapter number 4, things weren't going so well. Their faith, which had started off so very strong, had become, uh, had been overcome by the enemy's opposition. And their opposition, the enemy's opposition was intimidating and it was discouraging and unrelenting. They just kept on after them and kept on after them and kept on after them. And those enemies did not stop until Israel gave up. And when Israel finally gave up, the rebuilding of the temple was stopped. It was halted. For 16 years, 16 years, well, it's just not worth the battle, just not worth the fight. We'll just let this go, we'll just try to live our lives. But it's much worse than just ceasing, it was much worse than just the ceasing of the rebuilding of the house of God. Well, what do you mean, preacher? Well, for 16 years, think about this, for 16 years, the Jews' life their lives were off track. What do you mean? They had left the plan that God had for their lives. They were not fulfilling the purpose of the, for their lives for that time, that 16 years. They were not doing what God would have them to do. So yes, it was terrible that the rebuilding of the temple stopped. Absolutely so. It needed to be done. They needed to get that temple rebuilt. But the bad part was that these, these, these people of God were off track. 
they had left God's purpose for their lives. So to get them headed in the right direction once again, God sent two prophets, two preachers to preach to them, Haggai and Zechariah. And I really do believe we can learn a lesson this morning on the workings of God to get us headed in the right direction when we have falling out of step with God and His purpose for our lives. I think we can learn something here if we're open to it. You know, when God begins a good work in this, please get this, when God begins a good work in us, it begins with His Word. That's where it begins. Well, I really want God to do something in my life. Well, get in His Word. Well, I really need direction for my life. Well, get in the Bible. Well, I really, I really need to know what God has for me. Come to church. Come to Sunday school and Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and any other thing that you might be involved in. Get underneath the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Get in your Bible every single day. Because I guarantee you, when God begins a good work in us, it begins with His Word. Chapter 5, verse 1, then the prophets Haggai, uh, the, uh, uh, the prophet and Zechariah, the son of Iddo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God in Israel, even unto them. So the work had ceased. Sixteen years had passed. Well, what's God going to do? He sends preachers. Okay, it doesn't encourage you, but it encourages me. God still uses men that will herald the Word of God. God still uses the preaching of His Word if people are receptive to it. He sent sent preaching. In the New Testament, you know this, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul refers to the Word of God as the Holy Scriptures. And that word holy there, when it's used for things such as the Bible, it speaks of something that has been set apart for a sacred use. And what the Apostle Paul was saying was that the Bible is different from every other book in the world because God has set it apart for holy purposes. And that is absolutely the truth. God set His Word apart for holy purposes. You probably recall how the Apostle Paul wrote that the Holy Scriptures were able to make us uh, uh, wise unto salvation. Aren't you glad? Come on, I heard the gospel, the death and burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit dealt with my heart, brought me to a place of making me realize that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. And I got down on my knees and cried out to God and He saved my soul. Amen. Now that happened because I heard the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. It would not have happened otherwise. The Bible leads people to Jesus. And it teaches people to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior and to be saved from their sins. The Word of God does that. And one of the sacred purposes of the Scriptures is making people wise unto salvation. I'm very thankful. Preacher, you know, every Sunday morning that I've ever been here, you always talk about getting saved. You always talk about, you know, Jesus Christ dying for our sin and and raising Him again so that people can trust Him as their Savior. Well, I'm telling you what, people need to know that. And they need to hear it over and over and over and over again. Absolutely, until they come to that place that they are wise unto salvation. Uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so, so we hear the word of God. It, it brings those that do not know Christ, if they're, if they're open to it, to a place where they will trust Christ as their Savior. But there's another di- uh, divine purpose of the Bible. 
It teaches us how to believe correctly about every issue related to God and man and our life on this earth. Come on, don't, don't, don't miss this. The Bible, God's holy word, it teaches us how to believe correctly, correctly about every issue related to God and man and our life that we live here on this earth. Because it shows us how to depend upon Him and how we can trust His will for our lives because He does have a will for our lives. He does have direction for us. I mean, before we ever came out of the womb, God had a plan for your life and for my life. Oh, absolutely so. Whatever work that God is trying to do in our lives begins with His Word. It was the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah the prophet that started the Jews' return back to their homeland. We know that. And here we are, 16 years after the rebuilding of the temple has stopped, and God is using the preaching of these two prophets to get people back on course. Haggai preached the first message, and it was two months later that Zechariah started preaching. But after that first message was preached, the people were moved to action. After the first message... I mean, Haggai preached, they got going. They rolled up their sleeves, and they commenced to work on the house of God. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely convinced that God's Word is very powerful. It's powerful. If people are ready to receive it, if they have a heart to receive what God has to say to them. When God is working to initiate good work in our life, He starts by using His Word. He starts by using His Word. Okay, let's turn over to Haggai. I ask you to mark that. Let's turn over there. Haggai chapter number 1. Look at verse number 1. In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and, and, and to Joshua, the son of Jozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink but you're not filled with drink. He clothe you, but there's none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to a mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which, uh, upon that which the ground bringeth forth, excuse me, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people did fear 
before the Lord. Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. So God brings his word to people right where they are in their lives. He sent Haggai. Haggai preached this message. And and God brings truth that speaks to a particular situation. And God is addressing uh, addressing their situation. And and that's why dates and circumstances are recorded here. Isn't it wonderful how the Bible is the uh, best commentary on the Bible? And it all starts to fit together. I, I mean, God knew what was happening in their lives, and he knew exactly what they needed to hear. And I'm here to tell you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, it's no different for us who are are gathered together around his word even this morning. God knows exactly who each one of us are, and he knows exactly where each one of us are in our lives. So God is working, and he is trying to do something in each one of our lives by the preaching and teaching of his word. If we'll just listen. The Bible has a way of speaking very directly to us about uh, what, it is that we, what it is that needs changing in our life. And in this case, with these people, it had to do with their priorities. It was dealing with their priorities. Um, that had come up. They had come up um, with an excuse for not working on the house of God. Here, here was their excuse. Well, it just isn't time to do that. No, 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 no. There in verse number two, it, it says, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. That's what they're saying. The time, it's just not time for that yet. No, no, it's as if they were saying, you know, we really can't find time in our busy schedules right now, you know, for, you know, for building God's house. The time's not come. You got to understand, with everything that's going on in our lives right now, the time just doesn't seem right uh, for that. It just doesn't seem to be there. We just don't have time for that. You know, there's work. We have work that we have to do, and then take care of the house, and then the kids, and of course, uh, all the extracurricular activities that we are trying to keep up with also. So, so you see our plate's really full. I mean, we really don't have time. <laughs> you know, you understand, right? We really don't have time uh, to mess with the house of God right now. No, it's what they were saying. I'm not making this up. I mean, it's exactly what they were saying to God. You know, the time's not come. It's, it's not here yet. But it wasn't time that was their problem. Not at all. Their problem was misdirected priorities. They had their priorities all wrong. Uh, again, in verse number three, it says, then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet saying, it is time for you. Uh, is it is it time for you, O ye that dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Here's what the prophet said. Remember, this is the word of the Lord by the prophet. Here's what the prophet said. Um, really, it's not hard for you to do the things you want to do. I mean, truly, you've you got time and money and energy to build yourselves nice houses. But, but you can't seem to find the same resources to build the house of God. You know, the one thing that God had given them to do, rebuilding the temple, the one thing that God had sent them back and, and given them to do 
was less important than all the things that they were doing. This is what God wants you to do. Well, we really don't have time for that. We got lives to live, you know. See, it wasn't really, it really wasn't about any of those things, those resources. It wasn't about that. It was about priorities. We keep saying that, preacher. What do you mean? Well, God didn't have first place in their lives. He wasn't where he needed to be in their lives. God was not a priority. His house was not a priority. His work was not a priority at all. You know, the Word of God makes it clear to us the changes that are needed in our lives and, and how we can make those changes. He makes, it, he makes it clear to us about that, truly. Verse number 5, Now therefore saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Consider your ways. And then he goes on to tell them, no, no, these people, 16 years, come on, stay with me here, 16 years. They'd given up working on the house of God. And he says, you've sworn much, bring in little. You eat, but you're, you, you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there's none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes. So... God started off dealing with what they thought their problems were. Oh yeah, they still had problems. But he started off with, uh, with showing them what they, what they thought their problems were. Uh, they were working and working and working and working. They weren't working on the house of God, but they were working and working and working and working some more. But they had very little to show for all that work. I mean, there just wasn't a lot of substance from it. And he goes on to say that they didn't have really enough groceries in the cabinet, and, and it was tough to get the kids in the winter clothes. I mean, you clothe you, but there's none warm. Tough to get the kids in the winter clothes, and it seemed like as quick as they put money in the bank, it was gone. Man, I work and work and work, and, and, and I put this money in the bank, and it's like a bag with holes in it. It quickly uh, fades away. It doesn't seem so much like the economy was the problem, but that it was their lifestyles, how they had chosen to live. Um, what do you mean, preacher? They, they'd gotten a taste of the good life. I mean, they had built, they had built sealed houses, is what it says. I mean, that they were wainscoted. They were, they were ornately decorated homes. I mean, man, they had some nice homes. No, no, no. Their neighborhoods were looking better all the time. They weren't living in the slums. I mean, man, things are looking up. This is great. We've got a nice house. This is all wonderful. But we understand the nature of the beast, don't we? I mean, the more we have, the more we want. The heart of man is never satisfied. If you were to have approached them at this time and ask, um, hey, listen, what is it that you are in need of? What is it that you're really in need of to change your lives? The answer would probably have been something like this. Well, you know, I need a job that pays better. That's what I need. For my life to be different, my life to be better, I really need a job that 
pays a little better, or, or I just need some things. I'll tell you what I need, preacher. I need some things to go right in my life for a change. You know, it just seems like everything I touch, nothing goes away that I expect it to go, and I just really need things to go right. Or, or I need my circumstances to change. That's what I need. I need my circumstances to change for the better. That's what I need. If, if to get my life where I need for it to be, uh, these are some of the things that I need. However, God showed them the real problem in their lives. No, here's the real problem. Look at verse number 7. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Then he says this, go up to the mountain, bring wood, and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste. And ye run every man unto his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. <clears throat> For 16 years, God had been very gracious and patient with them. 16 years. But the more that God allowed them to prosper, the more that they wanted, and the more self-indulgent they became. Oh, come on, they're prospering. Come on, are you with me this morning? They're prospering. They're building sealed houses. I mean, they're, they're building, I mean, ornately decorated homes for themselves. It's not like God wasn't blessing them. Somebody say Amen. I'm telling you, it's not like God wasn't blessing them, taking care of them, meeting their needs. I mean, He was. He was, he was doing that. The more that He allowed them to prosper, the more they wanted. And again, in verse number 7, God tells them, consider your ways. You need to think about how your life would change if you would... Uh, put God and the house of God back into their proper places. You need to think about how much better it would be if you got your priorities straightened out. And he tells them there in, in, in verse, verse number 8, he said, if you'll do it, you're going to experience what God will do to get His house built. Go up and get the stuff and come back. I, I, I'm telling you, I will be glorified. I'll take pleasure in it. The essence of verse 8 was this. You start doing the work that you... No, no, get this. You start doing the work that you can do. Then you'll experience what God can do. You start doing what you can do. And then you will experience what only God can do. It seems in all of this that they were waiting for God to do a miracle. But God was waiting on them to work doing what they could do. I just want God to do something in my life. Well, do something. I mean, start doing what God wants you to do. Or start living the life that God wants you to live. And if they would do that, then they would begin to see God work in their circumstances. No, no, no. God had been working all right. He'd been working on getting their attention. 
Are you still with me? He'd been working on getting their attention. Their prosperity that they were having had faded. Things were no, working, were no longer working out the way that they had planned. Their hopes, their dreams, their plans, it's just not working out. It's just not what they thought it was going to be. When they thought they were about to get ahead, God blew on what they had and watched it go out the window to meet the need of some new emergency in their lives. It is something when we uh, when we're not putting God first. Isn't it something how uh, we can work and work and work and work, and it just seems like there's nothing there to show for it. Here's the point. They had been neglecting the purpose that God had for their lives. And in doing that, they were making their lives more of a struggle than they needed to be. Unnecessary struggles. Struggles that didn't have to be there. Come on, if you were here for the Sunday school lesson, one of the very last things Brother Wolfram said was, You know, a preacher tells us all the time that we need to pray and read our Bible and come to church every time the doors are open. And why does he tell us to do that? Well, because that's what it takes to keep going. But I'm telling you, to go a step further than that, it's not only that we hear the preaching and read our Bible and pray, it's that we allow God to have His way in our life, that we begin to do the things that God would have us to do and live the life the way that God would have us to live the life. I'm telling you, that's what does away with the struggles. Oh, it doesn't mean that life's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that there are always going to be mountaintop experiences. But there are unnecessary struggles in people's lives just because they will not listen to God and do what he wants them to do. They're unnecessary struggles. These people knew all along. Come on, stay with me. These people knew all along what they needed to be doing. They needed to be rebuilding his house. They knew that. But they had let circumstances stop them. They had let other people stop them. They had let the opinions of other people deter them. Uh, they had let people's opinions keep them from doing what God would have them to do. And because of that, nothing was going the way that they thought that it should go. What needed to happen was for them to get back to doing what God had told them to do. And if they would, God says, they once again would see God's good works in their lives. Remember, every good work that God performs in our lives begins with His Word. It's amazing to me, and, and, and I know it's right, it's amazing to me how people will come to church, they will listen to what God wants for them, and walk out of the door and never do it. And then wonder why God's not blessing. And wonder why they're going through the problems they are. And wonder why they have the struggles that they do. But they're not listening to God. No, no, no. They're taking a step. They're coming to church. They're they're hearing His Word taught. They're hearing it preached. But they're not applying it to their life. They're not obeying what God has to say. And then they wonder why things fall apart. I'm telling you, and as I've said it a thousand times or more, listen, it's not about a preacher running your life. It's about listening what the preacher has to say from the Word of God, applying that to your life, obeying what God has to say, and then watching God bless as only God can bless. The preacher can't bless you. God is the one that blesses. But we have to listen to him. 
And we have to yield and we have to obey. We have to do what He would have us to do to have the blessings. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that have unnecessary struggles in their life simply because they will not listen and obey what God has to say. They're not applying it. See, when God's Word meets a receptive heart, then God's work gets accomplished in people's lives. Now I'll say it again. When God's Word meets a receptive heart, Lord, I need something from you. If you'll speak to me today, I'll do whatever you want me to do. When His Word meets a heart like that, God's work gets accomplished in their lives. Only God can change a heart. Only God can truly change lives for good. We see that truth. No, no, no. We see that truth in both the book of Ezra and Haggai. It's there. Look at verse 12 there in Haggai. Look at verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. They did what they were supposed to do. And God sent a message, another message, another message. To the people and said, tell the people I'm with them. When the people obeyed God, God sent his messenger to the people with his message. I'm with you. I'm here. God was there to work for them and to protect them. And to provide for them. God was there to help them. Look, the message here in this, and and, and we have to remember, we have to remember, uh, this isn't just a uh, story that somebody dreamed up in their head and wrote down. This really happened. It really took place. Absolutely so. And, And the message here is that when we start doing what God wants us to do in our lives, we then will see what God can do in our lives. Now I'm going to say that again for emphasis. The, the message is when we start doing what God wants us to do in our lives, then we will see what God can do in our lives. Back over in Ezra, in chapter number 5, it says this, Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Jozadak, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. The prophets of God helping them. So God gave them the help of the prophet. Giving them his word. The prophet equipping them, encouraging them, strengthening them. Well, how, preacher? With the Word of God. With the Word of God. 
When we begin to do what God tells us to do, we will see what God can do in our lives. <clears throat> Coming to church and to, to Sunday school and the church services shouldn't just be something we do. It should be something we're prepared for. No, we're prepared for it. And we're asking the Lord, speak to me, please. I need some help from you. In whatever area of your life you may need help. And in those areas where you don't know you need help. Lord, I'm just open. If you'll speak to my heart. If you'll just deal with me, I'll do what you would have me to do. No, 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 no. We, we, it's not just something that we do. Well, I tell you what, if I go to church, you know, every time the doors open, like the preacher says, then, you know, maybe God will do something in my life. Not if you're not receptive to His Word. And I'll say it again. I think I said it already. The preacher can't help you. It's God that can help you. What I have to offer is uh, this. But this is all the help we need if we'll just be receptive to it. This is all the help that we need if we'll just respond correctly to it. This really is all the help that we need. Come on, this will make your marriage better, make your life better, make your job better. Make, it makes everything better. If we will just listen to God and do what He would have us to do. I'm telling you. But we have to begin doing. We can't just wait around for God to do something. Well, you know, if God would just do something. He's trying. I'm telling you. He's trying. No, no, no. If it, no, He's trying. We do, not have to, we do not have to have those unnecessary struggles in our life. A big reason that a lot of people struggle in their life is because they're not doing what God would have them to do. Or they're doing things that God would not have them to do. Yes, there's going to be struggles as a Christian. Yes, 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 there will be. But I'm telling you, there are unnecessary struggles in believers' lives that do not have to be there if they would just do what God would have them to do. See, Israel had strayed away from, from, uh, from their purpose, uh, uh, for, I'm sorry, from God's purpose for their lives. And God, in His grace and mercy, sent them prophets to help them to get their lives straightened out. They came to them, we saw it, we read it, they came to them and preached, thus saith the Lord. And the people responded. They begin to do what God would have them to do. No, 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 no. They didn't try to come up. Well, uh, can you interpret that different for me? That really doesn't fit the way that I like for it to do. So uh, can you just uh, rearrange that a little bit so it uh, fit into my lifestyle? Oh, no, there wasn't any of that going on. No, the men of God got up and preached the Word of God, and they took it as the Word of God, and then things began to happen in their life. See, when they received Haggai's message with open hearts and went on to do what God had told them to do, the purpose of God and His blessings in their lives were restored. He began to bless again. Look, ladies and gentlemen, without a doubt, the world that we're living in is a mess. And because of that, everyone experiences some degree of problems 
in this life, they are going to be there. As we try to live out our life of faith in the presence of enemies, those that do not share our faith seem to make our life hard at times. We're trying to do right. And whether they're mocking and ridiculing us, or whether they're trying to tempt us to go back to something that we already gave to God and say we're not going to do that anymore, it can make life difficult. However, sometimes life is hard and we struggle because we have gotten away from God or we have gotten out of step with God. And instead of making things right with God, we begin to make excuses why we can't. Why we're not doing this or not doing that or why we are doing this or doing that. And many times when that's the case, those things that we think are our problems, really are not our problems, but they're consequences. They're consequences of neglecting our spiritual lives and having misplaced priorities. We, we, we want and, and, and we're waiting for God to change our circumstances But God's waiting for us to stop making excuses and to start obeying His Word. Uh, Are there unnecessary struggles in your life? Come on, stay with me. Are there unnecessary struggles in your life? Does it seem that no matter how many hours of work that you can put in, the money seems to run out before the bills do? Could it possibly be that? Could it possibly be that because you're not honoring God with what He provides, He's uh, blowing away what's in your hand? Are you at that? Are you at that no matter how much you have? There's always more that you want stage. Do do things in your life never seem to work out the way that you thought they would? Think with me. Think with me. Think with me. Is there a possibility that your life is the way that it is because you have been too busy chasing after the things of this world. And because of that, you never seem to have time for God. How are you and your family going to get help from the preaching of God's Word if coming to hear the preaching of God's Word is not a priority in your life? Remember, every good work that God does in our lives begins with the Word of God. Is it not wrong to expect God to bless the work of our hands if we're neglecting the work that is dearest to His heart? You know, there's not a doubt that God is ready and willing to do a work in your life today. That's our God. Somebody say amen. That's our God. 
loving, caring, heavenly Father. He wants to do a work in your life, without a doubt. And He wants to do it, even today. And when His Word is received into a receptive heart, and you begin to see what God would have you to do, you'll start to see what God can do to satisfy your heart and to meet your needs and to, feel, uh, to fulfill His purpose in your life. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, that's the first purpose that God wants to fulfill in your life. Would you let Him save you today? Greatest thing ever happened in my life. April 1984, when I got down and trusted Christ as my Savior. Maybe there's a spiritual commitment that you need to renew. Something that you were once doing for God and you really shouldn't have stopped. Or maybe there's a step of obedience that you need to take. Something that you know God would have you to do, but you have not started that yet. When you do what God tells you to do, you'll begin to see that God, what God is able to do in your life. I'm here to tell you this morning that there is really no need for unnecessary struggles. We have plenty of struggles in our life without bringing them on ourselves. What is it in your life that God wants you to do? Would you bow your heads with me? Our heads are bowed. If you're here this morning, you